Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, hello again, Matt. Well, hi, Mike. Long time no see. It's been so long. (laughs) Hey, we were talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's kind of a confusing thing just because most churches don't talk about it, and we didn't want to be ambiguous on it or uh, unclear on things. But I still have some questions, well, and so I want you to give me answers, and I, I want to learn about this. So I want to clarify. It just kind of hit me. Um, I think a lot of churches especially our type of church, the the charismatic or Pentecostal church, they do talk about it a lot. We do talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit. We do talk about the gifts, the fruit, the necessity of life with the Spirit, living a Spirit-led life, Spirit-filled life. I think one of the biggest things, though, is discipleship or the space to practice and seek this out. And that's where things can get messy. Okay, well, let's back up to when it happened to you when you were in your teens. Do you feel... Let me ask this the right way. You were saved, and that was a profound experience, correct? When you were oh, like yeah, eight or whatever you were. Yeah, it was okay. a, and, and it you, was awesome. And you knew something significant happened then. Right. Okay. And then when you were 13 or 14 or whatever, this baptism of the Holy Spirit occurred. Now, was that more profound than your actual being saved? Or do you, can you quantify it that way? I really can't because of age. I see. So at eight years old, I knew I needed, quote unquote, air quotes, Jesus to live in my heart. Sure. So I did. And that was that was profound. I know something happened. I know I was excited, excited enough to go and tell my parents like, hey, I just did this. This is this was exciting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm eight years old. Right. Or 10 or whatever. A lot of things are exciting then, sure. Well, they're exciting, but also (laughs) the full understanding of what it meant isn't grasped. Even now, at 41 years old, it's not fully understood. But also, life hasn't quite happened yet. And, you know, that Jesus says he is forgiven much, forgives much, and loves much. Um. If you don't have a lot to be forgiven for, you're kind of like, yeah, whatever. The parable of the of the two the two servants and the debt, right? Right. Um. So it's really hard to quantify it that way because I know something profound happened. It's still something that I remember quite clearly, along with that night, the nights that I was at camp that year, and I remember quite clearly the events that led up to the gift. And that was something 
that the Holy Spirit continued to remind me of throughout my prodigal years. Uh-huh. He would always remind me of the closeness of God, of his love for me, of the experience that I had with him, that I, uh, I didn't imagine these things. Like he used that to always say, but remember when. Okay. So when you got baptized with the Holy Spirit and at Bible camp or whatever, was, <laughs> was, was that a game changer, do you feel, for you? Do you feel like, hey, I am now different. This is, I'll never be the same again, that type of feeling. So here's the mystery of that. And I've tried to understand it, even in my own life, and I can't. So you would think that that experience would keep you from walking away, correct? Well, and I'm not necessarily asking that. I'm, what well, I'm But, I mean, just well, seriously. I, some, like, a cynic may say, well, yeah, that, that you should never be the same again, and you should always follow God and never, never goof up. Right. Yeah. But guess what I wasn't seeking out? A relationship. What? I see. I wasn't seeking out the relationship with Jesus, with the Father. Uh, I wasn't really diving into what this gift really was for. Um, it was more, Hey, I've got it. Great. Hey, I got it. Great. And that was it. I see. Um, and so in that it was like, sense, was it like something like a tool in the shed that you just never took out and used? Well, or uh, is it was kind of that thing the or biggest problem was my understanding of, you know, it was kind of like that end goal. The end goal was receiving the gift of tongues. I, okay, so that oh, was I your, made it. That was I your, made it. That I'm was good. your test. I've gotten okay. baptized, and so that's it. It was that, on your bucket list in a way. Right. Okay. And that was kind of the teaching I had, um, or at least what I internalized and, and heard. I didn't, I didn't go any further than that. And so there's the problem is it's not the end goal, and it's actually not the most important of the gifts that are listed in the New Testament, which is not exhaustive, but um, that is meant to encourage you, to lift you up, to draw you closer to God, to give you a surety and a confidence in your relationship. And, you know, how many times do you not know what to pray? Well, I, I'm i going to use my, my gift language because, well, at least I know the Spirit's praying for me, and he's got to know what to pray. Okay. Well. I wasn't doing any of those things. Okay. So when you, when you slid or, or whatever you want to call it, walked away from God. I totally walked away. Okay. There the, wasn't the, a sliding. And that, okay, when you walked away from God <laughs> and you were just living your crazy lifestyle. Did you ever have these moments where you spoke in tongues even during that or not, not during that. I, I had hit a point in my life, uh, before I had met the guy that I mentioned in the last episode. Correct. I hit a point where I had pretty much convinced myself, well, I'm going to hell, so I might as well have fun doing it. Uh-huh. Okay. I convinced myself that, well, God just hates me okay, because of what I've done oh, and, no. and all of these things. 
There was a genuine sorrow in my spirit that I didn't understand at that time, but that was the, that was the, I think, depression and the darkness that I started to fall into in my um, coping skills, my drinking, the drugs, the women, all the things that I thought were going to fill the hole. Right. There was a genuine sorrow that I wasn't living my best life. I wasn't uh, seeking out what I knew to be true. And I also genuinely thought there was no way back. Wow. Okay. And so, so you thought you were damned pretty, pretty much. much. Okay. Yeah. And in the, you know, in the teachings that I grew up with, if you walked away and you did the lifestyle that, that I had chosen to do, well, you're going to hell. There's no helping you. Okay. All right. So, um, and again, that could just be what I received as a unengaged teenager who just kind of showed up to church and whatever. Uh, a guy wasn't seeking out a relationship with Jesus. I wasn't pursuing him the way that he desires or that I could even call pursuit. And so I ran to the world and that, that almost destroyed me. Okay. Well, but you did come back. I did come back. And then you, then you, (laughs) you did, you did come back and then you're like, Hey, I can, the Holy spirit came upon you a certain times and you would is i guess i want to ask these really really like baby questions on this on no this ask statement. away man i mean is it, let's just assume for a second that the speaking in tongues is the litmus test for this process let's just assume for a second that it is we, okay. we've already talked about that we don't think that is the case but can you just turn it on and off? Can you just speak in tongues whenever you want to? Or does the situation have to be right? For me, uh, and this is, this is my experience, whenever I am praying, I, I can speak in tongues. I can pray in tongues. And my understanding of that has deepened into what that means. It's not meant to proclaim it in front of everybody that I'm uh, praying with, if it's say in a church service, um, it's not meant for everybody to say, Oh, Mike is so spiritual and so blessed and so gifted. It's not for that. Uh, I, I feel a deeper, I can pray in that anytime, but I feel a deep, deep desire to use that language. Um, when something heavy is happening and let's say, um, a intense moment of ministry and prayer time is happening with an individual. There has been very, very, very few times in my life where I felt so strongly being called to pray over someone in my language that I, I stepped out and did it. And that was terrifying because I didn't want to one, scare them away or two, let them or try to get them to think that I was. Yeah. Some Cause they might spiritual. not be privy to all this. It might be a new, new thing for them and you didn't want to you know, spook them. Right. But it turns out in those instances, being obedient was the right thing to do because it was a blessing to them. They did know what was going on and they were overjoyed that that was what they felt that I told them God, was calling me to do for them. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's kind of this, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not something that I, I, I know I can do it at any time. It's not something I do to show off. 
Is that right? Well, it's, I'm not saying you can go to the, you know, here's here's 25 cents to listen to, to Mike at the carnival <laughs> speaking tongues, and <laughs> I, I don't, step step right up. This man speaks in tongues, right? Yeah, and so he just turns it on and off. But it sounds like technically you could do that if you wanted to. I think that's where but I would that be would also I would also think there's a danger in that because yes. you're misusing it for your own glory and not for God's. Absolutely. And that's... so that would seem like that would be a danger. And you and you probably wouldn't do that or you choose not to do that just to show off, say, hey, look what I can do. Yeah, I think that's stepping onto very yeah, dangerous ground. Yeah, right. Okay. And I think, you know, it's a god the godly gift and you shouldn't mess around with right. it. Right. I've realized in my life, and you say, you know, let's say it's the lit what Littman's test. Lit Litmus test, yeah. Um for me, that was a moment of turning around in my life because it let me know when that happened again that, that I hadn't been abandoned. Okay. So it happened. So I'd gone 20 years of walking away from God and leaving the church. And uh, was it 20, 18 years? I can't remember. It Whatever. was a long okay, time. Okay, sure. And um, I had just remarried. To my beautiful wife, who whom I am still married to to this day. Good. And we were watching a movie or talking about something. I don't remember. It, it was back still when I was drinking fairly heavily. Okay. Um, it was a Sunday evening. We had an amazing church service that morning, and and whatever we were talking about uh, opened my mind to hear the thought. I'm still here. All you have to do is let me out. And I realized at that moment, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I'm still here. You just have to let me out. And so it was like, it was like a fire had been unleashed inside me. And I, I stopped the conversation and I said, babe, I have to go do something. And she looked at me really funny. And so I, <laughs> I was like, whatever. And I went out to the garage where I always sat and I'd sit in my little minivan and I got in the back seat and I got on my knees and started praying. And that language, that gift that God had given me all those years ago at camp started to burst forth again. Outside in the garage in your van. In my van. And, and I'm, and I'm, I was drinking and I was just, and you, oh, you were blowing me away that you were you were like under was, the inf you were under the influence I was right there. Pretty heavily buzzed, yeah. Okay, and uh, but but it was that moment where the Holy Spirit said, "I'm still here. Let me out." And you had an episode out there in the garage, and so I did, and that was like my to me personally, that experience was the most profound thing in my life because it solidified the fact that He hadn't left me. Right, I'm not too lost. I am not unredeemable, that I'm still able to come into his presence. And it began that real transformation in my life where he could do what he needed to do. And I was willing to partner with him in that. Very cool. Very and cool. And so it's, you know, it's, I'm sure some people hear that story and would be very skeptical or say that that's impossible Right. Because you can't, how, how can I receive this gift from God while I'm living still in addiction and, and sin? Uh-huh. And I say, I don't know. 
Okay. That's the mystery of God and his grace and his power. Because I know that that moment began a real transformation in my life. It took years to get uh, to a point where it was really evident, I think. And I could, many people might say that I'm too hard on myself. But, and it's still in the process, though. That's the thing. I'm still in the process of being made into who he created me to be. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. For the people that this has happened to where it's not speaking in tongues, what does it look like? How do they know that it's happened? I mean, do they, what are the other gifts? This prophecy is one of them. Well, Uh, or does, I I mean, mean, I know there's fruits of the spirit, but we're actually talking, right. We're actually talking about the actual phenomenon of that. And we're saying not, yeah, what you're saying is none of these things have to occur. You can be bab- uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit and no actual, whatever you want to call it, superpower happens to you. Right. Um, but I just want to know, There's, but there's other ones, though. There's speaking in tongues. There's prophecy. And it, there's The gifts of the Spirit are, are handed out as the Spirit finds need. And the gifts of the Spirit are there to edify and encourage and lift up the church. And so that's, that needs to always be the lens that we view it through when we, when we are talking of the gifts, it's not, Oh, look at so-and-so who just lays his hands on people and heals them. He's so gifted. And so I'm beginning to worship him rather than the giver of the gifts. So healing's another one. Uh, hold on. I'm looking this up. Sorry. Um, but that's the lens we need to look at this through. So the gifts, the importance of the gifts is to encourage the church, not to glorify myself. Right. Um, and so that, that is definitely where I'm going to start with this. And then Galatians has some of the gifts lifted. First Corinthians has the gifts listed. But he says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, well, starting in 4, Paul writes, there are different kinds of gifts, but they are all given to believers by the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways the Spirit works, but the same God is working in all these ways and in all people. And in verse 7, the Holy Spirit is given each of us in a special way that is for the good of all. To some people, the Spirit gives a message of wisdom. To others, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. To others, that one Spirit gives gifts of healing. To other, He gives the power to do miracles. To other, He gives the ability to prophesy. To others, He gives the ability to tell the spirits apart or discernment of spirits. To others, He gives the ability to speak in different kinds of languages they had not known before. And to still others, He gives the ability to explain what was said in those languages, the interpretation. All the gifts are produced by one and the same Spirit, and he gives gifts to each person just as he decides. And then he goes on to talk about the body, which there are many parts to a body, but one body. And we're all a part of this body, with Christ as the head, meant to complement and encourage each other. Okay, well, and the ones that I find here doesn't say anything about speaking in tongues or healing, though... Are you in Galatians? Where are you at? Well, it says the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm on 
the internet. <laughs> it says the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And like I said, the gifts that are listed here, are they're, it's not an exhaustive list. Like, oh, this is it, and that's all you get. Okay. Um, but there's, we're, we're, I'm had, not talking about fruits of the spirit cause no, that's a no, different no. thing. Yeah. I'm talking about actual gifts of These this, are the gifts of the Holy spirit. The baptism. fruit I think is set, right? That's something. Cause Jesus says, they'll know you by your fruit. He says, they'll know you by your love for one another and they'll know you by your fruit. Now, if there was all sorts of different kinds of fruit that would come from the Holy spirit, then he wouldn't be able to say, they'll know you by your fruit because, well, I can make up whatever I want, but no, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, self-control. I think I missed one, but those are set. And you know that that's not human nature. I don't have patience. I don't have self-control. I'm not kind. I'm selfish. Right. Uh, that's the the spirit of God being in you and working through you and in changing you into His creation, the per, the person that uh, is the best you. That's the fruit. The gifts are there as the Spirit has need to encourage and lift up the church. And so, okay. Um, my God is so big that if He sees a need. And he wants to work through me. It could look however he needs it to look. Yeah, because what about the ones here in Romans twelve, where the that says the seven motivational gifts are perceiving, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, ruling, and mercy. Yeah, mercy is that a human trait? <laughs> N- not really. No. How about serving? We don't really well, see that but as a once gift. again. I'm saying it doesn't say anything about. Uh, it doesn't say anything about healing or prophesying or speaking in tongues either. Right. And, and I think, so I guess there's some confusion here, at least where I'm looking at is like, what are they? And it seems like there's more than seven. Well, there, there, there's, I think 17 listed in the new Testament that Paul lists. And and he lists them all in one spot. Nope. Uh, they're, they're in different spots. They're in First Corinthians, Galatians, and Romans, and I believe that's the main the main part of where he talks about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pull up a list here, but it's the thing is is we can hyper focus on these gifts. We can hyper focus on the power, quote unquote, that we get with the Holy Spirit, and right. and miss the purpose of what it is that we're truly needing. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not saying that hey, I want to I want to have this process happen to me so I can do have these superpowers and stuff like that and <laughs> and be and have, you know, be really cool and show off like at the carnival or whatnot. Right. No. Right. <laughs> I'm saying I I I want the I want to be uh baptized of the Holy Spirit and I want to know if I just want to know am I am I utilizing everything that I have at my disposal and is there something I'm missing out on? So here's a fuller, a more full list of where they're found. And if you want to grab a pin listeners, uh, if this is something you want to look up yourself, I will, I will give you the Bible references that you can read this, uh, as well later. 
But And none of these are in order. None of these are more important than the other. Remember, the purpose of the gifts is as the Spirit sees the need to lift up the church, it is given to you in order to be the conduit that uh, he can flow through. And so we have word of wisdom, which you can find in 1 Corinthians 12.8. You have word of knowledge, which is in 1 Corinthians 12.8. You have faith, which is 1 Corinthians 12, 9. You have gifts of healing, 1 Corinthians 12, 9. Working of miracles, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. Prophecy, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21. Or Ephesians 4, 11. You have, seven, uh, you have discerning of spirits, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. Luke 8, 29 is a story about this as well. Tongues is 1 Corinthians 12.10, Acts 19.6. Interpretation of tongues, very important. And I can talk about the difference in that uh, in a second. But interpretation of tongues, 1 Corinthians 12.10, and 14.13-33. And that 14.13-33 in 1 Corinthians gives a very specific instruction on tongues in the church. Write right. that down. Uh, helping, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Gift of the Spirit. Helping is helping. a gift. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> administration. I'm horrible at administration, but my counterpart here, there's a couple of them that are very, very good at administration. Right. Hmm. Gift okay. of the Spirit. So that's, that's another one, sure. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and Acts 6, 2, and 3. Grace. Romans 12, 6, Ephesians 3, 7, 4, 7, and 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. How about ministry and service? Romans 12, 7, 2 Timothy 1, 16 through 18. Teaching, Romans 12, 7, Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. Encouragement, Romans 12, 8, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Giving. Romans 12, 8, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, leadership ruler. Romans 12, 8, Acts 13, 12, and mercy. Romans 12, 8. Wow. And so those are 18 gifts listed in the New Testament. Some of those may not even seem like gifts. I mean, you find these people that have this gift of administration, and you just think, well, wow, you're just a good CEO or whatever. Hmm. Well, and that's another thing, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are not believers that seem like they have these these gifts. and Some of these gifts, I believe, are wired into you from birth. Okay. So some of these gifts, administration, um, leadership, you're a giver, you're a server, you are a teacher. Some of these gifts, I believe, are are wired into you from birth. How about music? Musicians. That's a gift. Now, some of these gifts I can use either for the good of the church, the good of the kingdom of God, or the good of the kingdom of the world. Think about music. I know many, many talented musicians who are way better than me, who sing nothing but death, destruction, depression, despair, and chaos. But they still have a gift. 
They're just misusing theirs. But they're using it. In a negative way. For a selfish gain. Right. I can also use this or, gift you know, for you the could good say of. They're expressing how they actually feel. It could then, be. Yeah, and there's like they're used, they don't necessarily look at it as negative. They're like, say, hey, this well, is I, how I this absolutely. is how I feel this is how I feel in my heart. But if you're not um if you're not doing it to glorify God, who are you glorifying? Correct. So you're you you still have the gift. You've had it because not everybody is a musician. Not everybody is that gifted. And the gifts come from God because God is the one who created you. Yeah. Well, is there an example in, say, like the Old Testament where this Holy Spirit baptism came upon someone? Like, I'm thinking of Samson, you know, all the times that... Samson he, was gifted with strength. Yeah. And it says in there every time that he, you know... The Spirit comes upon him. Opened up a can of, of whoop him. <laughs> <laughs> that the Spirit came upon him. Yep. Yeah. And so the Spirit came upon him. And the, that was physical strength. Well, and, and uh, the Spirit came upon Saul as he was anointed king. But then he disobeyed God and walked in his own way. And the Spirit of God left him. The Spirit yeah. of God fell upon David... Right. Uh, David was also blessed, I believe, with strength at times. Think about the killing of the lion and the bear with his hands, he says. Yeah, and courage. Which is the same thing that Samson did. Yeah. Uh, I don't see the gift of strength talked about as a gift of the Holy Spirit, but guess what? It obviously happened. Right. So I think there could be ones that sounds like there are ones that happened that aren't necessarily specifically listed in the New Testament. Like I said, I think my God is so big that he can hand out whatever it is he needs to hand out and wants to hand out. And my mind doesn't have to understand every inch of it. But what I do need to do is be obedient. And that's the thing. I'm seeking out the giver of the gifts not the gifts themselves. And if I'm seeking out the giver, the Holy Spirit, and so I'm going to go back to what I talked about with that parable of pounding on the door. Jesus doesn't say pound on the door to ask for the gift of tongues. He says pound on the door to ask for the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me, let's wrap up with this one thing here. Say there's some listeners out there worldwide that want that are believers have accepted Christ into their into their hearts have been forgiven their sins acknowledge that he was raised from the dead and and that he is their lord and savior now they're saying i want to take the next step i want to be baptized in the holy spirit what is the best way i can go about and doing this process i want to I want to experience a Holy Spirit baptism. I don't necessarily want to speak in tongues. I just want to experience the Holy Spirit baptism and get closer to God and and go through this this process. How does what is the best way to do that? Is there a way to do that? I think Jesus spells it out very clearly. Ask. Okay. I think I think it comes to the point in your life where you're wanting to submit more. You're wanting more of God. And so you say, I'm, I'm willing and I want to receive what you have for me. I want your spirit. I want the power to live this life that Jesus shows that I can live. I want this. And then you ask him, God, I want your spirit. Give me your Holy Spirit. Pour out your spirit upon me. And, and 
genuinely seek this out. I would also try to find somebody who you can trust and who is safe that can walk through it with you because we're not meant to do this all on our own. Uh, Many, many, many times. In fact, uh, all of them was done with somebody else. So even, even the centurion, when Peter was preaching, he didn't pray specifically for the Holy spirit, but he was preaching the good news of salvation and repentance and the Holy spirit fell upon them. Paul was always laying his hands on people and preaching. Timothy was, or and praying, uh, Timothy, same thing. They were always there with somebody to pray with them through the process. I see. So I don't, it's not, I mean, it's not like, oh, God can't do this if you don't have somebody. If you don't know anybody and you're just sitting there going, God, I want this, I believe he can meet you. Right. So in your, in your view, you think it's helpful if someone else is involved in this process but doesn't necessarily have to be. I, yeah, I believe that. Um, I believe you can ask for this gift. The thing that helps with somebody to walk through it with you is you have uh, somebody who has had the experience, has maybe a little bit deeper knowledge of the Bible and what God has said, a little bit deeper relationship with Jesus to help you walk through the experience and, and some of the confusing and, you know, when you are confused, sometimes it's scary. Um, the unknown, the mystery, that's, we don't like that as human beings. But um, when, you're, when you're really seeking this out, when you're seeking the Spirit of God because you want that relationship, I don't think God's going to withhold that. It says in Romans, he who gave his only son for us, why would he withhold anything else from us? Speaking yeah. of the gift of the spirit, the power to live this redeemed, spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Yeah, and it also says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. Right. And so yeah. it seems like it might be easier, perhaps, for this to this phenomenon to take yes. take place if there, there's two or three there gathered for the same common goal to make this Yes. Anointing, I guess I would call it, take place. But I think it's, it. To, to be honest, I think there's kind of a combination of all of it. It's a heart thing where you, you're readying your heart. Right. I definitely think that has to be and, first. Right. Um, you know, as you're preparing and asking God for this, uh, for, for this outpouring of his spirit, you're readying your heart to receive this. It may happen in that moment. It might be when you reach... Uh, the group that you're going to, you know, de- walk this th- out with. Um, I've heard of some stories where the people were prayed for in the church service and four or five days later, they're walking through the grocery store and all of a sudden, bam, it hits them. Oh, and wow. So, <laughs> you know, it again is God's timing. It's up to him. It's your relationship with him that, Um, I think is kind of where the focus needs to be. And he knows the best time. He knows the desires of your heart and he knows that this is what we need. And again, Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. That's awesome, Mike. Thank you so much. I think you answered a lot of my questions. I know that this is, uh, 
I don't know. It's it's a it's a subject that not a lot of people talk about, and I think it's important that we did. And I think you impact a lot, and I appreciate you. Well, I'm glad we could we could do this. I look forward to what happens here in yeah. the future. <laughs> and I hope we get some feedback from our listeners out there on this topic. If this has happened to you, we want to hear about it. If uh, if you have more questions about it or that we didn't cover, uh, drop us a line. Yeah, please. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you guys. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com. On Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter. And on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.